And the model is that uh, I, I work with the, the, head, the head of the villages or the local influences, let's yeah. say, to have technology um, uh, accepted because it's something new for them. It's simple, they've never seen it. So you need yeah. to have it accepted by them, uh, show them how it works. It's a training on how, how to use it, how to, how to clean the filter. It's not uh, rocket science, but you need to go through this first. Yeah. And it's to get the buy-in from the leaders who then help you to uh, diffuse, um, um, help you to uh, propagate or diffuse this technology in the village. Uh, on top of the, let's say, of the main, the main advantage is people save money. Um, yes. uh, they don't have to buy water. Uh, they can just take water from their tap. And for these people, buying water is expensive because they don't earn a lot. Yeah. Uh, the, the target, let's say, group my target customers. And then on top of it, you also reduce plastic bottle use. Welcome back to our show, Empower Your Life. I'm your host, Cindy Marie. Another episode that I'll be able to talk about not only serving community, entrepreneurship, but also how to protect our mother earth or planet with our next guest. He's an ex-corporate executive turned to social entrepreneur based in Bali, Indonesia. He was running a multi-million dollar business back in Ireland in 2011 when he experienced a shift. He realized that he was helping business making money, but not really helping people. And this is not aligning with his values anymore. Therefore, he decided to move to Indonesia in Bali to start his own business, a social enterprise called Social Impact. I cannot wait for you to hear more about his transitions, his story, social impact, and everything else. So without further ado, May I welcome to you our next guest, Jerome Van Overbeek. Hi, Jerome. Thank you so much <laughs> for being part of the show. Mary, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah. So let's let's start. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of listeners or viewers are very, very interested in like you came from all the way in, in Europe and then now you're other part of the world in Indonesia and share with us like how the transition or where was the wake up call where you decided that okay i'm done with this uh business um, corporate world and i would like to serve more people to protect our planet and why social entrepreneur and uh, what is social impact all about so share with us yeah quite a, a lot of questions though i know <laughs> so I'll, share with uh, us first well, like um i know that you know, it was, I don't know, like, I think it, it kind of tough to, like your decision, the wake up call, why you decided on how did you decide to, to really jump from corporate world to social entrepreneur now? So maybe we can start yeah. from. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I was, uh, yes, I was in Europe originally. I'm from the Netherlands, but I grew up in, in France. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, I was multilingual from a young age. And that's why I've always been been traveling and working in international trade in my corporate years i've been doing yeah 20 years so it's in the corporate world so it's quite a time and i'm happy i did that i learned a lot and uh, yeah so back in 2011 was my uh let's say last corporate stint or job i would say 
and I was working in uh, Dublin. It's a very nice city in Ireland uh, for a British company selling raw materials for the bakery industry, mainly yeast, like uh, yeast to make bread rice. And this was my, um, this was like, um, like let's say my, I've been climbing the ladder. I've been quite successful in my career, but at that time uh, when I was like running a business, I was vice president for Europe, Middle East, and Africa, so in mm -hmm. charge of the the region uh, and running about eight factories uh, producing yeast all over the region and uh, yeah. managing about a thousand people and turnover about one million dollars. So it was quite a, a big job in my late thirties, and I've been there. But then I thought, okay, I had a kind of um, an idea of how long do you want to continue to do that? You know, is it going to be all your life? But something was missing still. I mean, I had a good job. I had a very good pay. Uh, but I've also the good thing is I've never really been uh, attracted by too much by material things and just the money side and the success side of things. Um, so I could kind of, uh, it's not easy to, to get out of it, but I, I, I was, that was not my main goal. So I was really thinking, you want to do that in another 20 years. And, yeah. uh, and, the, and the answer inside was no. But then the question is like many people, okay, but what, what next? What do you want to do then? Yeah. So uh, what happened is uh, during my career, I've been working uh, over uh, regions. I was based first 10 years in Europe, but I was traveling extensively as area sales manager to mm -hmm. regions like uh, Russia, Middle East, India. And then after 10 years, I moved to China. Uh, mm -hmm. This time for a position for, for, for a job uh, in Shanghai back in 2002. So uh, I stayed there for, for eight years, came wow. back to Europe. So I got to know Asia quite well mm -hmm. uh, about 2002 to 2009. And then I moved back to Europe when this financial crisis started. It's, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, but there's this subprime crisis in the US 2007, 2008, and the whole economy yeah. collapsed. Yeah. And uh, that was a time I decided to leave China after having a fantastic six years time in the most, let's say, the fastest growing economy in the world. At that time, it was 12% growth per annum. And uh, yeah, to come back. And why? Because I wanted to be close to my family. My parents getting older and I thought, let's go back to Europe. But the, the timing was not great. And I took my time to find a new job, something that I really liked. Uh, I had stayed 11 years with my group in that company. I wanted to, there was no more prospects in that company. So I wanted to, to do something new. So that's when I found that job in Ireland. But it took me a year kind of to go over and, and find it because it was a, a crisis. For a bit of a time, I was kind of looking for a job first time in my life, but I wasn't panicked. I had some, um, uh, let's say, uh, skills. It was actually more to readapt to Europe and the slower pace after six years in China. So yeah. that was the challenge, what we call sometimes as reverse cultural shock. You come back to your own country, but you've been in a total different setting for seven, eight years. It's a mm -hmm. bit complicated sometimes to readapt to your own roots and things. And that I went through that uh, for a year. At the time, I was looking for a job, but I learned to do professional networking. I did a lot of things, mm -hmm. which uh, helped me to get that last job that I was talking about in Dublin. And uh, yeah. yeah, which was another jump and another jump in, in the career and just like, uh, getting in charge of more responsibilities and things like that. But then after one and a half year, um, I, I felt like, you know, is that really for me? I mean, mm -hmm. my, my job was going well, but I felt I want to do something more useful because I make 
my shareholders uh, happy, which is good. I mean, I earn yeah. a good money, but I make them richer. What about people? You know, what about uh, doing something more impactful? And yeah. uh, my, my father moved to France from Holland. He was an entrepreneur, so I, he, has a, he had his own company for 15 years. So I was, I've been raised in such a family, but I had never been entrepreneur myself. Even if I was in corporations, I had like big responsibilities. I was kind of an intrapreneur because yeah. I had like different positions, it's not the same. So I, I really felt, okay, uh, what do you want? And I felt two things that at that time I was missing Asia because I had lived uh, and worked in China six years and traveling extensively in Southeast Asia mm -hmm. for my job. And then I wanted to do something more useful as I just explained. So I, I was trying to read about social entrepreneurship, business for good. And I thought mm -hmm. that really appeals to me. And yeah, so that's how it started and then the diff most difficult thing is to make the step, you know, and just yeah. leave uh, a, a, a situation and then just, so what happened to me is um, uh, finished that job in Ireland, came back to France for a while and I said, I really need to go. And uh, a couple of months later, I took a plane ticket to Asia and I didn't come back. So in the meantime, I've started kind of three businesses. So it's 10 years later yeah, now. So uh, <laughs> So, so I don't regret it, but yes, I remember at that time it was also a bit strange not to get your paycheck. I've been had a paycheck yeah. for 20 years and that is like, even if I had some savings, even if I knew uh, I, it was uh, something that was new for me and that I had to uh, deal with, uh, mm. still it's strange, you know, and, and actually I was based in Singapore for a couple of months at that mm -hmm. time uh, while I was doing my research on my next step and Singapore is an yeah. expensive city. So uh, I was living again with uh, our flatmate because I wanted to be in the center. And yeah, it was, uh, it was like back to student times a bit, you know, <laughs> at like, okay, it's a situation. But I knew I wouldn't stay there. I was just finding, uh, doing research on my next step and what I would do, it would be somewhere in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was the, that, 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 that shift. And uh, it's not the, it was not an easy time for this couple of eight, nine months. I stayed in Singapore before moving to Bali when I had my idea and I said, okay, now I'm going to do this and move to Indonesia to start a uh -huh. social enterprise. But it was a good time also to reflect, uh, to think about what are you good at? What do you want in your future life? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm happy I did that. And I also say I'm super happy I did a good research at that time uh about okay what can we do what are the issues in the world in the world i had no idea what i would do but then i started to read some reports from the un from unicef and i mm -hmm. found uh, the issues with water and access yeah. to clean water and i thought i need to do something there especially <clears throat> because i got uh really struck by the statistics uh, africa is the worst place in the world in terms of access to clean water and then southeast asia is number two uh, and also, in and the same thing for what we call infant mortality. And when I started to read the statistics, infant mortality is kids below five year old who mm -hmm. die from a disease which was uh, a disease which can be prevented, a waterborne disease, drinking unclean water. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I need to do something there because maybe there I can have a, an impact. And I felt very moved by this uh, horrible statistics. Basically, every Still today in the world, every two minutes, a small baby dies because they drink uh, unclean water. And in yeah. Indonesia, it's still about 28, 27,000 children. So you, you just, uh, I, I was like, 
I need to do something there because, and, and try to bring my business skills, setting up a company. And then mm -hmm. I did research on water filtration systems um, below $30 because I didn't want to set up an NGO, I wanted to have a, a for-profit business and I need to sustain myself, but I need also my customers, which are not very, uh, let's say, uh, wealthy uh, yeah. to be able to afford the product. So I did yes. research below $30. And that's the story. Then I found a company in Indonesia. I did research on a few companies in Thailand, in, um, also in Vietnam, in Cambodia. And then I, I, I talked to these people, the owners of the companies. And, and uh, then I found a company in Indonesia who was, had started a couple of years before and was having a great water filtration system, um, $20, $25 uh, for individual households. And I said, I want to go and promote this. So that's when I moved to Indonesia. And the reason is because that factory is based in West Java, not in Bali, in West Java, in a city okay. called Bandung, two hours uh -huh. from Jakarta. So that's a bit of the story. Yeah, awesome. Um, while listening uh, to you, I mean, the amazing part is that you really took the leap of faith <laughs> from all of these uh, places that you've been to and you decided to move to different area of the world and and challenge yourself or giving yourself a permission to start a new beginning whereby you're serving more fulfilling to yourself and also make a difference in in, in this world and to the planet and could you talk a little bit more with us that you know for someone like you who has been on top you know, and then moving to like what you said, you started to become a student again. And I'm pretty sure there are so many kind of uh, self-doubt thoughts. And I just want to kind of let you elaborate further. How did you manage to keep moving forward despite all of this negative uh, thinking? Because obviously we are getting matured you have already built your good profile and now here you are starting all over again not totally clueless but you're well experienced when it comes to managing networking but it's a totally brand new for you in terms of entrepreneur right so how do you keep moving forward to that sort of situation back then if you can remember so then I think a lot of people with the same situation as you you know, that right now listening or watching and they're having this trouble to having these self-doubts and they can't really know how to figure that out. Maybe you have something to share your story and how did you keep yourself moving forward from there? Yeah, it's a very good question. I, um, I mean, at that time I had these doubts. I mean, again, it's not because I have had responsibilities at the high level in corporate uh, setting that maybe I would be a good entrepreneur. I didn't know at that time. I mean, it, yeah. it's very different things you need to have. I mean, for sure, the, the, the skills you learn in the corporate help you a lot, uh, yeah. but it's a total different ball game. I mean, I, as you said, I had to, I think that the most important thing is to, to keep faith. And when the negative, uh, let's say the voices in your head come, trying to make friends with them and saying, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I know what my worth is, what my value is, and uh, how, can I how, how can I contribute? And I remember also in Singapore, I was discovering at that time, there's what we call co-working spaces. I didn't know what that was. And mm -hmm. I saw all these people in tech 
becoming like working in this co-working space, having their own businesses, 23, 24 year olds starting their businesses. And I was like, wow. Uh, it made me uh, a bit jealous saying, oh, I should, I'm, I'm too old. I should have, I would have loved to be a bit younger so I could have experienced that. But on the same time, uh, my experience also, uh, I, as I always say, I don't regret because I learned a lot in the corporate world. And I, I, I used to live in a beautiful thing in China. I learned so many things there. Um, yeah. uh, in many countries so this is like what's built this is your base and you know that basically it's not um, you, you have this and this will not this will help you and it's again um, uh, make as I said making friends with the noises in your head meaning that everything is welcome in that moment you know it's what it is and you let these noises come and say okay but that is just uh, your thoughts that's not you that's not the reality mm. and there's a lot of inspections and there's a lot of doubts i remember wandering in, not wandering but uh walking in singapore and having you know this big city and uh like people also you know it's it's a it's a city of work a lot of people work and you can see that yeah. honestly all and i was just getting out of it and i wasn't but i say I, it was a transition period in place i knew but um i would not stay there but it was like oh i need also the time so i i kind of decided to take the time also that i needed to, to, to do my next move, not putting pressure on myself. This is a very important point. In the same time, I also met a, a friend and I started another business with him. Like we started to conceptualize another um, uh, startup, uh, which we worked on and which was, uh, it's not existing anymore, but we worked on it for three, four years. It was operational in the Philippines. Oh, and yes. I had these two things. It was a, a peer-to-peer platform uh, to uh, basically um, offering uh, fi- uh, finance and loans to uh, mom and pop shops. Uh, the Sari Sari in the Philippines is mom and pop shops. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so it was uh, a total new concept. We're using already uh, blockchain to the, making a transaction. It was just the early days of blockchain. And oh. it's a typical venture which was a little bit too early for its time. Yeah. And uh, we financed it with our partners our owners for two years and then two, three years. And then we had to, to stop. We almost secured a million dollars after that, but from some uh, institutions, uh, fi- uh, like let's say investors. But mm-hmm. it, it just didn't happen. The funny thing is, I started as a couple, moved to Bali, but I wanted to do my own thing. So I also did my own thing. So I had things going on, which also were new for me, getting into uh, working with a business partner. You know, you need to agree, you need to, to move on with strategy, even if you have the same uh, values and you, you have the same goal, you have sometimes different views. So I was learning all this during his learning process, this couple of first months in Singapore helped me also to, uh, uh, to focus on what I, uh, what I wanted to do on my own thing. I knew I, knew I would have my own business and mm. do my, uh, my own social enterprise. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of finding the right product and the right thing, which were these water filters. So that is the time where I just didn't put pressure on myself and decided to take the time I needed to have to unfold, to see what was good and when would be the right time to move on and, and to start the new business. Amazing. I just want so to... So it took me about half a year. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> So I was just like to want to summarize that. I love when you mentioned um, friending with your, this voice, this uh, innate voice that telling you all of this uh, negative thinking that um, 
you can entertain, but at the same time, aligning, focusing on your worth, on your value, and really your purpose of why you you jump on this position anyway. Uh, and I, I also want to acknowledge you by saying that, you know, when you moved to Singapore and you met all of these people, um, you know, like younger than you, and then you kind of felt a little bit uh, intimidated and you mentioned like you feel jealous, but you're open, you're open for learning. And I, I think a lot of people felt that when you're, when you're becoming uh, matured, you know, you're having this age, it's kind of difficult to admit that you've got to learn more and more. And that's actually the creativity for us to keep moving forward is that really just be a forever student and learning. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, really, really valuable for a lot of people watching or listening right now that perhaps we're going through with this very challenging um, innate voice, uh, like starting to feel negativity. So let's move on to social impact. Um, maybe not a lot of people would know what is social impact all about. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure or I hope that things are doing well now in, in Bali, Indonesia in terms of COVID-19. So I want you to, to share with us what this social impact is all about. And yeah. right now also, like, what have you learned from the COVID transition or experience that uh, I'm sure it was tough for you as well? And what have you learned from that, that you are transitioning into a new structure or new strategies uh, moving forward in the situation? So share with us. Yeah, so um, I was not super creative for the name of my company. So here is the social impact that we became. Because in Bahasa, Indonesia, in the local language, uh, Dampak, we became its impact. And uh, then I have my logo uh, here. So I have my t-shirt today, a bit of branding. So you can find me on uh, Instagram, social impact all together with a K. So you can see a bit what I'm doing there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, basically what is social impact? It's a, it's a social enterprise, it's a for-profit. And it is, uh, uh, its mission is to improve access to clean water in remote mm -hmm. areas, mainly of Indonesia, where I, where I live. And also of um, uh, basically uh, we have a, a filtration system. So we have a device, which is a, a simple tool, uh, which, uh, which is two buckets with a ceramic uh, graffiti filter and you pour water and then you can basically uh, drink the water, water from your tap, water from the well, uh, even dirty river water. So, uh, so this, this is the, the tool that I found which was manufactured here. So I became basically the main customer of the factory. So mm -hmm. uh, because I had a lot of passion and I mean, I was, I mean, from the beginning I've been, uh, they have quite a few people reselling their products, but I mean, I was, uh, I was the, one of the, um, the top one or one of the top ones of their resellers. Uh, every year, meaning that why I decided to do that, because no point for me to reinvent the wheel uh, and smart, start a small factory in Bali. There was a factory already there in Java, and I've mm -hmm. been in manufacturing for 20 years of my life in corporate, selling the products that we were manufacturing, so I have quite a lot of experience there. But I thought, oh, maybe I will kind of earn a little bit on it, but not much, and it's very low margin products, so no point. So just, it's a great technology, my goal is to market it and to bring it to the people you call the bottom of the pyramid or the people who have 
the disadvantage, the less uh, favored people who have not so much income and who um, yeah. basically have also some health issues some often because they can't eat very healthy uh, because uh, they don't have the knowledge or yeah, healthy food. Sometimes an organic food is quite expensive. Yes, yes. Uh, work, I'm also working on that now, but that's another topic for another day. I <laughs> yeah. uh, a company also a friend here about uh, for organic foods and vegetables, um, a fair trade platform. But uh, coming back to social impact, it's the, the water filter. So, so the, the, the water filters uh, uh, basically are not really much known by these people. So it's bring that to this last mile. And uh, that's what I'm doing. So mainly uh, going to the villages, explaining about this technology uh, and introducing it there. So uh, the model is that uh, I work with the, the head the head of the villages or the local influences, let's yeah. say, to have technology um, uh, accepted because it's something new for them. It's simple, they've never seen it. So you need yeah. to have it accepted by them, uh, show them how it works. So it's a training on how, how to use it, how to, how to clean the filter. It's not uh, rocket science, but you need to go through this first. Yeah. And it's to get the buy-in from the leaders who then help you to uh, diffuse, um, um, help you to uh, propagate or diffuse this technology in the village. Yeah. Um, so th this is uh, what I've been doing. But again, as you mentioned earlier, um, we all learn this independently of the age. <laughs> and what <laughs> I learned is that uh, on top of the, let's say, of the main, the main advantage is people save money. Um, yeah. uh, they don't have to buy water. Uh, they can just take water from their tap. And for these people, buying water is expensive because they don't earn a lot. Yeah. Uh, the, the target, let's say, group, my target customers. And then on top of it, you also reduce plastic bottle use, mm -hmm. uh, emissions. And the best thing is also you improve their health because yeah. actually our filtration system uh, still keeps the minerals which is normally when you buy water, it's another system, it's called reverse osmosis, and it takes most of the minerals out. Mm -hmm. So here, depending on the source of water, which is mainly here, well water in, in Indonesia, our yeah. water from the mountain, uh, it's full of minerals and we don't yeah. take them off. So people bring still healthy water. So this is, this is like great. And uh, I can talk about a bit of the impact on these uh, free metrics a bit later if you want. But then uh, on the environment, on the health, and uh, on savings, on economics. But what I wanted also to say is that because this technology is so useful, uh, we live in a country where there's a lot of, fortunately, natural disasters like earthquakes, volcano eruptions. Yeah. Uh, once I read, and I love this phrase, that Indonesia is a very uh, dangerously beautiful country. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It is, it is, it is true. So there's a lot, we are on tectonic plates. We have like more, I don't know how many, but a lot of active volcanoes here in the country. Yeah, yes, but yes. I have been uh, helping with disaster relief. I, I didn't know when I would start this company that that would be something I would, I wouldn't say become a specialist in, but learn a lot about. So yeah. um, I have distributed uh, water filters to victims of first in Bali of uh, there was a volcanic eruption in 2017 of our main volcano. So people have to leave the area and go down to the more to the sea 
and they mm -hmm. were kind of in our villages, but living in in the in the main square in kind of camps, you know, yeah. because they couldn't they couldn't stay in their place. It was too dangerous. It was three months of eruption then. Um, so then we brought filters to these camps, and, and a year later in 2018, got a huge earthquake, which we felt a lot in Bali, but on our neighboring island called Lombok. And this, for me, was a, a huge eye-opener. I had to set up operations. I raised about $160,000 over a year for my mm -hmm. product. We were able to distribute and impact uh, 7,000 families, 7,000 units, which is about 40,000 people who were just living uh, actually in tents or next to their house, which was destroyed. So we could bring them the, the, the water filter and then they could use water from the river or any water which was there, because that's yeah. the problem in this house. The first things which are broken are the pipes and the things and then access to clean water is the number one emergency. So then I, I, had, I set up a team. I worked with 10, 15 NGOs who helped me to distribute these filters. Uh, so it was, a, I had to scale my, let's say my output, my business 30 times in a matter of two weeks. So I learned a lot. And then my corporate skills helped me a lot to set up systems, uh, you know, uh, procedures that I could uh, deliver the filters from the factory to Lombok to my storage where I set up and then to the people. So that was a huge um, learning experience. And then I said, wow, I mean, I, I can deliver a lot. <laughs> in a short amount of time but this is just for actual events like like um earthquakes or uh yeah uh, i have a question maybe, yeah? sorry no i mean i Go. was just about to ask you this this um this um programs that you did that was pre-covid right and yes in COVID, i mean i'm sure i mean a lot of us <laughs> kind of impact not kind of really impacted with it and it shaped us right to to kind of really reflect step back a little bit and do restructuring and because you can't really go out and you are in a place whereby i don't know i mean is it like really restricted you can't go out or because it's in the village maybe you can still go out but really limited people how does this impact you and what did you learn from there? Because, I mean, yeah. for a lot of people didn't know or don't know, he speaks uh, Indonesia, Bahasa Indonesia, so he can communicate with people and he has all of these leaders. But yeah, so how does it impact you during the COVID? Yeah, that, that, that's a good point, Mary, actually. Um, uh, what happened is that that's the continuation. So because I learned in 2017, 18, uh, 19, a lot about different disaster reliefs. I was also kind of when COVID hit, I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of a panic product. It was more for the expats who lived here. They started to see, oh, lockdown in my country. Maybe I can't go out and buy water. So let's get a venue buy in my system. And they didn't really necessarily need it because yeah, I mean, they can buy water, they have money. And then some were using it, were a bit more conscious ecologically. So then I had a huge, I mean, I remember March, April, 2020 when COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a huge surge in sales from people who it's like a yeah, it's like a crisis product, and people started to panic a bit and buy my product. And then after two months, because we started to get used to COVID, actually dropped back to normal. And then actually, since COVID, I mean, yeah, I mean my my business side because I also supply this product um, to the people in the city. I have mm -hmm. like fifteen shops here reselling the product, uh, expats and locals buying it. Um, yeah, my business 
dropped a bit and uh, we never got really back to the levels of pre-COVID. But mm -hmm. uh, I was also thinking, okay, that I, I was at the beginning and I said, what can I do? And when I do a fundraising, I mean, there's a lot of work also for myself. I'm quite kind of successful at it. I raised more than $300,000 for my products wow. over the last Awesome. So, uh, and half of that was roughly the big earthquake in Lombok. But still, I knew that I was making, I had to make a decision in April 2020. Do I do a new fundraiser or not? Because it's a lot of energy. And then it's not about that. It's then you, you have to reach out, social media, people, friends. But then set up your fundraising page, your video. But then it's more about, okay, I need to go and distribute them because I'm the best person to train. So I have... Uh, learned at that time also to collaborate with other, let's say, NGOs who were giving food and giving like some food relief when COVID mm -hmm. hit mm -hmm. and training them. But still 80% of the, let's say, of the fundraising I was doing, I had, I was going to distribute the filters to the communities in need. And mm -hmm. we found them with my partner NGOs. I have a lot of people that I know, mainly people in the city here, because at that time, the problem is that when the island shot, you know, uh, shut down, sorry, um, you know, 60-70% uh, of the economy here is tourism. So for the first time, a lot of people lost jobs, had to go back yeah. to the village, there was no, no, no work anymore in the hotels and restaurants. But the Balinese people had still a bit of food, maybe it was not easy, but they had to go back to the village, let's say. And then there's a lot of uh, what you call migrant workers, or people have been living in Bali, but not Balinese, and like construction workers, like uh, people or uh, you know plastic bottles that they find in the in the trash bins or or cardboard is a bit of value for recycling so these people are very let's say poor communities people need and that's the people i um targeted to bring new filters and give them a filter for free you know so um the the, the thing is that i've distributed about three thousand so i knew it would be quite successful wow. i did about uh, 1700 only in the six months in 2020 like from uh let's say uh june june when i started to distribute six seven months to december so most of the part was really when covid hit and uh but in 2021 i still continued and i still continue my fundraiser is still on but then i go and distribute them and do a training because if i don't do a training to these people it has no point some will use it well but some won't they don't understand this they can't just go over and, and drop my buckets so um what i was trying to say is that i knew that i had this power but do i have the means myself to have the energy to do it again and i, and I said yes because i saw the need and i'm super happy i did it because mm -hmm. every time i go back and i check with the people where i put these filters i do some uh, you know, checks people are using them well or not. I go back and they're, they're so happy because I've never seen it. And I always start my distributions and my, let's say, my training with jokes. You know, where have you seen that? It's normal. It's coming from the planet Mars. I just came from the <laughs> off of the moon, came from the moon of it. And then I, I said, I also say, like, you know, it's two plastic buckets. It's not why in Indonesia they love to, to save crackers in plastic buckets, smaller ones. It's not a place to save crackers, guys, you know, and a group book they call it. It's a, it's, a, it's a device, it's a technology. So just making a bit of humor to break the ice, and then you can explain where it is and they understand the utility and the, let's say, the, the use of that product. And then they're super happy because they really save money. They didn't know it exists. Oh, really? Can we drink water from it? So we. <laughs> Show them, we drink in front of them, and then they, they trust you, and then they use the product. There's a huge utilization rate, so I'm yeah. quite happy about that. But these trainings are 
paramount and very important to have this to to allow this huge utilization rate on the product so make sure that everybody uses it well um, so yeah i mean uh since covid another three thousand units have been distributed so uh, I'm, I'm quite i'm quite happy and now i have also uh, projects in different islands i'm not just doing value I, I, I actually my, my my biggest project is the still the island of lombok where that earthquake was a couple of years ago mm. i work with people from spain there i think you live in spain and so it's so funny but they come here twice a year and they they they, they fund some programs on water sanitation and health and the filters are mm -hmm. part of that program mm -hmm. uh i just did um uh, a project I'm doing a project. I just sent some filters to the big island of Sumatra, which is uh, nice. where our elephants still uh, north of Medan. <clears throat> we are helping a community there who has been hardly hit uh, from COVID because it was a place where the people come and visit in the jungle and visit some elephants in the wild. Uh, so we have supply now. Uh, just sent 100 filters for these oh. guys and people with less income. So there's all these things that. Um, that, that I'm doing with partner organizations. Uh, this particular fundraiser was uh, set up by me and my partner who's working in, in, in that area has set up a, uh, an NGO for protecting the elephants and, uh, and helping yeah. the guides right now. So um, yeah, it, it, it's great. There's so many uh, interesting, um, let's say, projects who uh, come and people contact me and, you know, so it, 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 it's, a, it's a positive thing because you, you really bring um, let's say clean water, uh, you bring health, you bring, you can really uh, break what I say uh, when I do presentations. Um, I was says my most important slide here is breaking the vicious circle of poverty because just with clean water, uh, because some <clears throat> remote communities which are not very health, uh, wealthy, and they're also not always healthy. So if you, yeah. if I think a lot of moms, when the sick, the, the kid is uh, sick, can't go to open his little shop, or his little uh, war room we call here, little shop or little uh, uh, selling place in the village. And so there's loss of income again. So the, it's better that, uh, that the, the kid or the child is healthy and can go to school than mom can go and work and bring some income. So just bringing, bringing clean water can um, improve that. And I always say it's a beautiful tool actually to start a discussion about, uh, yeah, about health about uh, washing their hands, about uh, why it's important not to throw plastic bottles or buy too many plastic yeah. bottles and throw them on the ground. So I've done a lot of programs also with schools. So uh, sometimes <laughs> I work with uh, funders like the Rotary Club or people like this, they may do programs in schools about hygiene and about uh, training, um, let's say, uh, training kids on, on a on how to eat more healthy, how to drink, uh, also hydrate yourself and all these things. So it's, I, I'm so lucky that my, my product is a beautiful tool to, to provide education and also to, to basically improve uh, health. So yeah, so this, yeah. Is the, this is like why I still love that. I've been doing it nine years now and wow. uh, it's, a, it's not a job. It's I always say it's a passion project. I, yes. I can I can live from it, but again, it's not the main goal. I'm lucky. I always say I'm super lucky that I put a bit of money aside during my <coughs> corporate years. So, um, so I have that financial freedom in a way, which is a huge, huge factor. Huge. Uh, I'm super grateful and blessed every day. I wake up always very, uh, very grateful every day about this because 
I can choose what I want to do and try to see where I can have more impact. You know, so this is the uh, this is um, something which is uh, good and um, yeah. So maybe just um, for I forget I, I, I told you earlier because just to give an idea to your audience and your listeners about because it's important to to have some impact. But it's also very important to measure it. You know, to understand what it really um, uh, brings and. Um, so for instance, uh, the, on, on economics, all the customers that I have, all the people I have supplied filters to, if you take the savings we have made, uh, like if you add them one by one over the last uh, eight years, let's say, mm-hmm. it's about $1.2 million that all my people have saved on not buying water and by filtering water. So $1.2 yeah. million of money they save. And then uh, the the... On terms of plastic bottles, I'm super happy because in December last year, I reached my 100 million plastic bottles saved, meaning uh, that 100 million plastic bottles have not been used by the people yeah. that use the filters. So it's a lot, you know? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that I, now I'm, uh, I'm over that 100 million figure this year. I reached at end of last year. And uh, awesome. basically we have some indicators which are internationally recognized to uh, calculate this as basically a person will not use a bottle a day if they mm. have the filter. If they wouldn't have the filter, they would buy a bottle to drink. Yeah. Uh, bottle. And uh, also in terms of CO2 emissions, uh, for instance, uh, in the villages, people still boil water and they boil water on yeah, yeah. often on wood, on wood, on gas sometimes. So it's a lot of smoke. And even on gas, you, you, um, uh, when you, you release CO2 and all the sales, let's say of my fills, all the filters that I've distributed saved about 14,000 tons of CO2, one four, one 14,000 tons of CO2 since I started, just, just to give you an idea of the impact. That yeah. This product. yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that out. I, I think that's super helpful because in my opinion, because I came from a village as well, um, but actually it's a city, uh, but Remembering when I was in the Philippines in, in Nasubu, um, I think one of the key things that we are lacking of or we're lacking with is uh, education, bringing awareness, you know, and, and uh, bringing awareness, you demonstrate it to people, it's amazing, you speak the language, you, you're bringing the leaders as well, and you're, you're, you're making them feel safe, and also like you're making them feel that they are also important, even though they are low income or unprivileged in terms of wealth, you know, and thank you for bringing that because especially when you mention about how you save, uh, because I, I think slowly now a lot of people starting to become more aware because of the help of social media or internet as well, that, you know, we, we can refuse not using this uh, plastic because what a lot of people don't understand that we can actually reuse it but if if possible refuse to use the plastic because it's a one of the biggest uh challenges that we're facing on why we're experiencing the climate change so thank you thank you and um that's a very valuable and in in um useful information for a lot of people out there who not aware about how important having the clean water, but at the same time, having this tool, the water filter that you're providing to 
to, to the village or Indonesia right now, I'm sure it will get expanded <laughs> with a lot of people that will be finding it interesting to collaborate with you, how they can reach out with you. We'll cover that later. So thank you. Now, you mentioned about this uh, entrepreneur a little bit during this um, uh, COVID hit and all of these things. So I want you to share with us a little bit uh, of your of your what you have learned when you when you start this business as a social entrepreneur field. Like for a lot of people out there, especially in in I would say maybe they are in the position like you uh, that has already built that. Uh, identity as a um, an executive uh, officer or position in their life and they realize that because I always believe that we keep moving forward we we make ourselves fulfilled it's because of the purpose we always want to look for purpose and that keeps us moving forward it's exactly why I'm doing this because I want to contribute a little to make a difference and to support people who are also making a difference. So what is your piece of advice that you can share with people? Make it easier in the same situation as you back then, what to consider before jumping to a social entrepreneur field? Yeah, so first before I uh, reply to this, I really want to acknowledge you also for what you do because I've seen the, 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 the amazing people you brought on your podcast you brought on your podcast over the last year. It's a beautiful project. And I know we have discussed that offline, but it's like everyone, we there's always fears and doubts and things and you, you've done it and you're here. So Thank you. uh, that's um, that's something I want to acknowledge first. And Mary, it's very important and uh, you empower your life. Let's uh, uh, say series is, uh, is already, it's not contributing a little, it's contributing. And I hope, and also with our conversation and, and the other guests you have brought up uh, will also, um, let's say, inspire people to, to yes. take action. So uh, this is a uh, this is so. What I want to say on this and uh, the the advice I would give, or I say, or a suggestion, um, I don't like the word advice, but um, it's more to yeah to believe in yourself and uh, mm -hmm. first also uh, that that's one thing. Okay. Uh, everybody has skills, everybody has something to bring to this world. Uh, then look a bit at what your passions are, you know, uh, if you want to become a social entrepreneur, you want to make impact, you want to help um, the, the planet, the people, you know, because basically uh, the definition of social entrepreneurship is to have a, to, have a, to let's say, to, to market a product or a service which has a positive impact on people okay. or planet. So, yes. Uh, so, so, so basically, again, it's to to make sure that you're um, do some research and uh, find something, a product, a service, a passion can be a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you can help people in your neighborhood. It's already a social enterprise. You know, you can. The world, unfortunately, the world is so. Well, how can I say not to use swear words? But the the world is the world is not in a good state. Yes. It's <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of things to fix, yes. and that's I think that's why social entrepreneurship is very important now. Because okay. if we don't have this kind of initiatives, and there are a lot, there are beautiful initiatives in the world. Uh, if but suppose we we need more, we really need more. It's not a mainstream movement now. Um, 
So the, the thing is find something that has maybe, uh, um, uh, let's say that is needed, you know, it's not because you want to do something, oh yeah, uh, I want to do something more useful. I want to create um, something with impact on help people. Yes, but it's very neat. Meaning, can you make a business of it? And for me, it's important that you can uh, sustain yourself and sustain a business because mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, your, your company will not survive, you know, and that's why a lot of startups fail because people maybe have a misfit with the market, there's not really a need. So, uh, or, you know, or when there's founders issue or funding, but you can start small with a, with a, uh, what we call MVP, a minimum viable product, but something that is needed. So do a bit of research first and make mm-hmm. sure that what you want to do has a potential, maybe not immediately, but after some time to yeah. make money. And that's yeah. important because then uh, if that's successful, you can employ people, or you can start something bigger, you can uh, maybe export your, your, your product or your service. So it is, it is, uh, you have, it's important to have the will, to have the want to do something, to have that passion, mm-hmm. but then also to look at something that is viable. Uh, and, and that, how do you know, uh, by doing a bit of research and seeing, okay, there's a gap here, or I could do that. So, um, you know, uh, there's a, again, there's so many things to do because I'm sure in every place in the world there's uh, dysfunctions, there are things which don't work. And then we can try to reduce that and, 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 and bring a product or service which will fix that problem, that issue. So um, I'll just give you an example. I mean, uh, it's not, again, uh, the show today is about my a social impact company, but also during pandemic, I saw the issue with food. When people were giving food uh, and bringing food to the poor people, it's good, but then, uh, okay, when there's no money anymore, there's not food. So we helped also with people to grow food and to make a small mm-hmm. garden. And Love it. Especially for the advanced, sorry, for the most, um, uh, the less privileged communities, if yeah. you have food and water, which are the basic needs it's already a hell of a lot it's huge uh to them so i was distributing filters and my ngos and friends which were giving food and yeah food is eaten in one day two days three days max depending on how much you bring my water filter you can use for three years and then you change the candle and you can use it longer if you want so it's a sustainable product so i saw that uh, that's not really the line and I thought I need to do also something on the food so a friend approached me and said hey I want to start a business because organic <laughs> fruits and vegetables yeah. are super expensive here and it's not no more expensive than Europe and only the foreigners in Bali can buy that and I say it's not fair so we exactly. need to bring, try to find a, a way to buy directly from farmers so that's what we do with our new venture Bali Co-op and we buy directly from farmers we do a lot of middlemen uh, trying to avoid all these middlemen and that the farmer gets a fair trade price. Uh, so it's a fair trade platform. And then mm-hmm. you can also give a better price to the consumer. It's doable. And so we are building that right now. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the thing is, yeah, it's identify some, some uh, issues and then yeah. uh, try to bring some, some, some solutions. Um, and then do a test also. Do a test on a small scale. Don't burn all your money. Just try to do some uh maybe a test market a pilot and then see and if it works 
Beautiful. Continuing that. If not, you can pivot. You see, you learn what is not working. Actually, what's really needed, and then yeah. you can pivot. What we call, and then you just basically, yeah, move it a bit and and try something else or something new or something which is really needed. Because during your research, you will find out. Oh, actually, that's not the the thing. Uh, it's maybe something something else. So. Yeah, that's what I would say. And um, I would really uh, encourage people, I mean, like, yeah, just to, to start and, and try. Because, you know, in the end of the, in the end of the, at the end, uh, what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, I mean, for sure we all, uh, people who have jobs, they, it's hard to leave because they are, sometimes they're not happy in a job, but you need money, you have children, you have loans, you have mortgage. So, um, so, so basically, um, the, the, the thing is that, yes, it's not always easy, but if you're not in that situation, you can uh, just, yeah, um, jump and, and, and do that, what is it, that leap of faith yeah. for yourself. And, okay, let's try. And again, you can try also something on the side. You don't necessarily need to leave your job. Yeah, it adds a bit on it, but you can start a small business on the side and see if it works mm -hmm. and if you see the potential. Yeah test them and do it so so there is there's different options but in the end of the day it's all you know all the people who succeed who do good 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 things like you're doing like um the people on your show do and the, the interviews i've seen but i hope i do too it's like we always that we all had our doubts we all had our uh little voices as we uh talked yes. about earlier and it's just a, you acknowledge it it's okay it's just there but just see it's not the reality and it's not uh, it's just uh, thoughts who come to you and just then park them or yeah everybody has his own process but <laughs> the, real, yeah. the reality the reality is when we do things when we have action and we try we are already there we already move and not think too much you know so we do and again doesn't what i said earlier doesn't mean to take a huge risk but you can start small pilots small things yes. you know yes. step by step yeah, thank you very much. That's quite a lot. <laughs> so if I can summarize, I think the first thing that's very important that I want to highlight once again will be uh, the self-awareness. This is one of the things that I'm working so hard of understanding how human behavior works uh, as a coach because information tools it's everywhere it's easy to access but the reason okay. why we're not able to do such things is because here and this is one of the things that actually like the key factor why we're not moving forward because it's too powerful if we are not using it the right way it's really gonna mess us up and so he mentioned that you know um all of these doubts we are all having it and you know but at the same time, this is one thing that I truly believe that I want to reiterate every time. We are unique. You are unique. Jerome is unique. We have our own gifts to offer in this world. And just remember, what is your purpose? You know, we can always have that kind of first agenda or goal of making successful in terms of tangible, external. But I can guarantee you Having this all interviews from different pe people, it's not all it. There's still something that's missing and I think it's really making a difference. So working on your self-awareness, 
you know, be friend with your self-doubt is totally fine. That's how you work on things, communicate it. And then the second thing is that believe in yourself. I, I truly believe on that, that once you have work on yourself, believing in yourself, and then do the research, like what are the needed things or the issues that within your community, for example, for me, I want to lift the circle of my people, like in, in, in the Philippines or even here, once I build my community and really remind people that we really have the possibilities to create the best potential of ours and serve to the world and to the planet and to the people. And also uh, you mentioned that test, right? Don't be afraid to test it. And because we, a lot of people out there wants just to jump. It, entrepreneur is not for everyone. You know, if you cannot jump straight away and have that leap of faith, start little by little. And if you can't leave your job, that's totally fine. You can work on the side for as long as you can pivot, you can restructure, you can seek for help and all of that things, it will, it will nourish slowly if you're in the right place. And don't be afraid to say, I'm okay. I want to stop this business because I think there's another best place that I can start because that purpose will keep on restructuring you know it will mold or hone you to the right purpose that you're meant to be so yeah I think I think I just trying to summarize everything what Jerome said and just start small right yeah very good summary very good summary <laughs> um, <laughs> one, one, one thing I wanted to to add on that because while I was hearing you summarize is that don't be afraid to ask and yeah you know You'll be surprised because there are things you don't know. Uh, there's a lot of things we don't know. Uh, so that, that's okay. So uh, it's just, you'll be surprised by, if you have good intentions, by the number of people who are ready to help you. And so it's just to get the word out and ask them things. Hey, do you know a person uh, working in that field? Uh, look at your own uh, network first, and then don't be afraid to ask because uh, people are, I'm, I'm always, surprised by yeah how, how people actually are how humanity can be good and people as long as they feel you're doing something good they want to help you so this is the, the thing don't be afraid to ask things to people and again and another point is i mean as you said entrepreneurship is not for everyone but you don't need to do it on your own also so mm -hmm. you can you can work with someone and try to that's what my friend did and came to talk to me and he inspired me about his idea. And I said, yeah, I want to, I want to jump in. And yeah. it came at the right time. It has to come at the right time and things that we have experienced also. But the thing is you, you, you can, uh, you know, you can have a, a partner, a business partner and, uh, and start something together. It gives, and everybody has his own skills. So yes. uh, entrepreneurship is very lonely. It's a very lonely thing. You know, you're, um, you are um yeah i mean it, it's what it is i mean you, you you know you wake up in the morning and it's like you have all your issues in your head and like okay i need to do this this, this. and you know so again it's about reaching out and also i force myself to do that i'm super happy to have um uh to have this new project because in the organ yeah. presentation here i'm not alone i'm working with that people try to contribute with my skills uh, but at the same time, I haven't left my passion and that passion, I, I, I will continue on it. And if I really need to hire someone for it, yeah. for the time I can help myself, I will do because I know the impact it has. 
So this is like my baby. This is the thing I started here in Indonesia, the water filtration and the access to clean water. And so this, this is something which, um, which, is, which has to be continued. And uh, I've been in that, and uh, for social impact, I have maximum one or two employees. I've always doing most of it myself, which is a good thing and a bad thing. And, and, and you know, like, it's also because of the size of the business. And then when COVID hit, I, I was no point yeah. to have an assistant. When I, today I have just a social media manager who helps me because it's a lot awesome. to do and it's not yeah. something I wanted to do anymore. I used to do it. And <laughs> so it's just about um, finding the right task. And today I couldn't do it anymore. I'm working on two businesses. But in the end of the day, it's to be also to see what's your workload, what you can do. And again, yeah, as I said, don't be afraid to ask and maybe you can partner with someone for if you have a great idea, if you know a friend or someone you can trust or someone who will be interested in your cause and the same values. Then it's important to be aligned on the values and have yes. a clear goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if that you have the same goals and the clear values, the values which are aligned, you can start a partnership. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's uh, thank you for pointing additional. I think that was uh, two points. So, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Jerome. So now you mentioned that you're working on the new project uh, that who approached you about this uh, food or diet food or organic food and also managing this social impact, even though you have at least two people or employees that helping you out. I'm curious, how do you keep yourself optimistic? (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Um, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's a mindset, you know. Um, you know, we I mean, we're all humans, and we have better better days than others. Some days, uh, you you wake up, you you you're in a grumpy mood, you don't know why. You well, you don't want to wake up. You like, and some days you're just okay, and some days you have a lot of energy. Um, so uh, this is like so. So this is just to acknowledge this, you know, and it's. Uh, Again, it's about being grateful to be alive and to, to, to be able to, to, to be um, like, you know, in good health and, and being able to do things you love and things you like and, and having impact. So for me, it's, I mean, I, I, I'm always, I've always been a bit, yeah, more optimistic than anything, but it's just also, it helps to do things that you, that you like, you know, mm-hmm. and that you live with passion. As I said, for me, it's more passion than a job. So but it, it is it is to 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 realize that um, you you know like you 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 I'm I'm privileged you know I'm I'm a, I'm super privileged because I've been I've had education I, I I've been able to travel the world I have a lot of experience and now it's my time you know to to give back because I see a lot of people don't have that privilege or don't are not in that position yeah. so sure. how can I not be optimistic you know it would be really bad you know so I mean. <laughs> I have I have to be optimistic to be able to get that energy and to continue my mission, you know. Because yes. yeah, it's a, it's a long journey. I've been doing it for almost ten years now, but it's great. And now with my new project too, I mean, there's a lot of things which are linked and which are um, compatible, you know. Because we work with a lot of farmers, we need to bring clean water to these farmers too at some point. Right now, it's to give them a better income for their produce for their work because they are not uh, remunerated at the right. Um, uh, price they're very very uh i mean unfortunately it's not fair the, the they put a lot of work and they don't get uh, the right price for it and the right remuneration so 
uh, once we have done that and we get that, I can also help them with water and uh, also save money on, 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 on water. So yeah, so, so things are linked and it's just basically to see what is interconnected and, uh, and then bring, uh, bring some synergies to the table. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I was just saying that there's a reason why they call you water magician, <laughs> yeah. uh, because you, you've yeah. been you've been helping them um, understanding the value of having clean water, saving not only saving for for the the money, but at the same time uh, protecting or what how we can contribute slowly but surely in terms of protecting our planet. So we're running out of time, and I don't want to miss this out for people. I'm sure it's. Uh, one thing I can tell everyone who's listening or watching right now, it's an interesting, very um, fascinating to get to know Jerome, um, even though we haven't met in person, but obviously you can tell how much he committed himself in terms of serving people, not only just serving, but also educating them, also bringing this tool, the water filter to help them help and protecting the planet at the same time. So the water magician, magician, as they call. I'm pretty curious what they're going to call you once you launch the new business. <laughs> so anyway, in terms of social impact, where they can reach you and say to buy, um, yeah, share a little bit how they can contribute, let's say, if they want to donate, if they want to purchase, or maybe they want to collaborate with you. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so there's different ways. So you can find me uh, online, uh, as I said. <laughs> I have a website. It's uh, uh, social impact uh, with a dash in the middle between social and impact and a k.com. Um, uh, my Instagram is social impact and impact is with a k. Uh -huh. uh, Facebook is similar. Uh, I think double T, but you can find me there. You can see my logo here. And yeah. um, in terms of, um, yeah, I mean, if people come to Bali, don't hesitate to reach out. Maybe there's ways to collaborate, do things together. Um, in terms of supporting and funding, yeah, I have a fund my fundraising is still going on. I think mm -hmm. you can uh, mention that in your, um, let's blog. say, in a podcast, in the blog. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, it's in, uh, on Donor Box, Clean Water for Bali. Yes. And um, so, if you feel um, inspired to donate there, one, one water filter is 20 US dollar for mm -hmm. a family. Uh, so they can get clean water for three years, five people. So this is a very small amount. Um, and then I will distribute that to the people in need here uh, in, mm -hmm. in Bali. Um, that, and also, yeah, I mean, if we want to collaborate or people, maybe some companies, you know, CSR program, programs or people who want to, help me to um, maybe expand my network or to yeah. same, same, you know, it's, it's a great technology. So it's a, it has to be, you know, people tell me always like, how come not every household has that here? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's my work. I, 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 I'm getting there, I'm getting there. There's only, yeah, yeah. Um, there's only 260 million people left because we're on the fourth biggest, uh, most populous country in the Populous, world. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> So, so we, we've reached already two, three million people, but we need to do another uh, 267. But yeah, we're getting there, you know. Uh, it, it is, you no, know, but uh, that, that's for sure. It's, um, it's our mission is every family should have access to clean water. And uh, yes. that is just by helping us uh, spread the knowledge, awareness of this beautiful tool um, mm -hmm. that can 
help, help. So uh, everything is welcome here and uh, don't hesitate to reach out if you have questions. Um, I mean, I'm very open. You can reach me on my social media. I'm very open to, to, um, to get any feedback or maybe any uh, questions you have. I'm very happy to answer them. Awesome. So I'm going to put that on my blog once again for the website is uh, social dash impact with the T.com, right? Or not, or dot .com, dot .com. And, uh, and for social media, that will be for Instagram and Facebook, social impact with no dash. Um, no. It could be with double T in, in Facebook. But anyway, you will find out with the same logo as what he's wearing the shirt. So that will be his uh, company. And um, remember that if you feel privileged right now that you have a job, you have a healthy career, healthy family and all of that. And uh, you feel that you want to donate, you want to support, uh, go ahead and visit their website. Um, $20, uh, it could be small or big for everyone but uh we can donate and uh yeah if it doesn't have to be now so whenever you feel like you want to donate and support this uh, program or this business that sharon is doing to support and uh, bring uh clean water in in the villages in, in indonesia that is helping with uh, yeah just go ahead and visit the website and if you're in bali or indonesia Lombok and all of this I mean Indonesia is huge but if you're in Bali specifically and you're watching or listening to this episode right now and you want to do small action to make a difference maybe you want to do a volunteering I don't know there could be a possible work or idea that you can contribute if you want it just reach out to Jerome uh, and uh, on social media or Facebook. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jerome. It has been a fantastic and amazing conversation with you of sharing a lot of information, not only about your transition, but also the social impact, the entrepreneurship and a lot, actually. So really, really appreciate you. You're welcome, Sinemari. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Uh, and I, I hope it was helpful for your, your listeners and uh, all, all your people. And again, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. I mean, uh, uh, it's all about collaboration, see how we yes. can uh, uh, support each other um, and uh, making, uh, yeah, how can I say, putting our little stone brick by brick and to, to try and make this world a better place. <laughs> Exactly. So thank you so much, everyone, for watching this episode. I hope you find it very valuable and useful. If you do so, I would really, really appreciate if you can share it over to everyone who will be benefiting everyone. So our website or our program or our show will grow organically so I can provide you or bring you more um, guests that will provide us a lot of interesting stories and tips and tricks and everything else so don't hesitate to forward it or share it over to everyone so remember small little things small step every day still a progress because that surely will be a progress to whatever you're working on so keep moving forward and thank you once again for watching this episode empower your life and i'll see you next time Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy that interview and I hope that you find it inspiring and motivating. Remember, stay optimistic and take action slowly but surely for your big dreams. Thank you once again and I'll see you on the next episode here at Empower Your Life.